Okay, let's continue with the series that Neil started a few weeks ago. And this morning I'm going to be looking at, as, as Ian has already mentioned, that sort of sense of being vulnerable, feeling vulnerable when... You know, when I was first a Christian, somebody would say, you know, you need to sort of witness to people and inside my heart go, oh, you're having a laugh. Because the thought of it just made me really nervous. Didn't know what to say, didn't know how to act, didn't know a six point whatever you do with people leading them to salvation. I didn't know anything. And, and if I'm really honest, at this point, I used to shut off. I think if I don't listen then it doesn't, it's not about me and it's, it's about everybody else. They need to do it because I can't. But do you know what? We are all vulnerable when it comes to mission, whether it's mission locally or whether it's mission at home. We all have that sense of nervousness. And, you know, the last thing that we would want is for you to be leaving here going, oh man, they're killing me with all this mission stuff. You're killing me. What we just want to do is highlight what Jesus said and what he's asked us to do. So Neil started the series a couple of weeks ago um, and he had a real, for, for a few weeks he was talking to Ian and I about this 72 and he got really caught up with it and, and how to look at it quite differently. Now what Jesus did was choose the 12 before the 72. Some people have said it's 70 but Luke's gospel says it's 72 and he gave the 12 disciples, the same remit as he gave the 72. There was no difference between them. These men were just ordinary men, like you. I can't say like me, because I am not one. But you are, some of you. They were just ordinary people. And he sent 72 out to 36 different places. These 72 would have had jobs. Some of them would have been working. Some of them would have had families. Some of them would have been really quite young. And I think, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have this thing in my mind that the disciples were all in about 50s and, or, and, and you know, rugged faces and grown-up families. But that wasn't the truth, was it? And so these 72 represent a lot of people in here, different faces, different jobs, different families. But to be called by the master was a massive deal for them. So let's read. Luke, we're going to read Luke 10, 1 down to 17. After this, the after this is after he had chosen his 12, after he fed the 5,000, after Peter's confession, after the transfiguration, after the healing of a boy with an evil spirit, after the disciples amongst themselves, remember who's going to be the greatest, who will look the best. And then the cost, bam, of Jesus coming in and saying, but that's the cost of following me. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. 
and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house, shalom. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repeated long ago, repented even, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you'll go down to the depths. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, the Lord, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus gave a lot more instruction to go in this passage. That was the emphasis than on what they should have taken with them. No bag, no purse, no nothing. Sending them out two by two. And this is really interesting. Into some of the towns they wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have been aware of all the people that lived in some of these towns, but some of them would. So he's sending these people out. They might have had relatives in these towns. The, the, the thinking is, of course, when you read a passage like this, they're all brand new towns. But they weren't. Those towns had been there way before Jesus grew up. And so their families might have known one another. And I think sometimes when we read black and white like that, it's like, oh, they didn't know anybody, so they had a clean shot at it. Well, they, I don't think they did because Capernaum was really small. Why wouldn't you know people? I know people in Eccles. I know people in Swinton. I know people in Presswich. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't they know them? It was a radical movement and, you know, a big move for these people. Those disciples were sent out without any of the things that we would want. I know what I would want, a set of clothes, food, money, and that all-important credit card for the times when you get stuck somewhere, which I have done in the past. Their mission was going to be an exercise in trust and one of vulnerability. I'm going to tell you a story, and I've been given permission to tell you this by Fallon, who's not here today. She's gallivanting, I think, isn't she, Daddy? Yes, yes, gallivanting at a party. On Tuesdays, every other week, we pop over to the duchy to pray. And some of you have joined us. We don't know what we're walking into each week. We walk over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been practicing. But we go in the hope that people will not shoo us away. Because we look, we look a bit odd, you know, walking around. 
you're walking around the streets. Some of us praying like that and some of us just walking and, and me who just catch up with people on the way and have a chat with them. And then, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is going to be so odd. And I say, this might sound really odd, but we're actually praying for you and your community. I have to have the confidence to say that. Fallon came with us for the first time this week. Um, so not to make people uncomfortable, I give out written prayers. And because some people don't know what to pray or, you know, it's like, Lord, what do you want me to say? My one liner is Jesus come and have your way in this community. But I've written stuff out of blessings over this community. And it's helpful if you feel nervous, but then you do look odd holding a piece of paper. So nothing, you can't win either way, to be honest, but I, I've tried to be helpful. So what I said to Fallon was, you can go on the other side of the road. I'll come with me, because you're new at it. And, and I will promise I won't embarrass you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, she didn't know that. <laughs> so she went one side of the road and I went with her and she just was just casually walking and every now and again she'd look at me. <laughs> and then as we got round Neville Road, it's like a, you have to go in and out the other way and vice versa. I heard her start to pray. Well, I stopped praying because the joy that I found listening to her was amazing. And so I didn't say anything. I didn't embarrass her, I might add, right till the end. <laughs> and I did it in front of everybody else. <laughs> because what we try and do is come back together and go, so who did you speak to? You know, what did you get? Was it houses that you stopped in front of you felt you needed to pray more for? And I said, Fallon, you were praying out loud. She said, it was all right. I said, how did you feel? She said, I felt really exposed. Because we do look odd down there. Those 72 disciples walking around preaching the gospel would have looked odd. But she had enough confidence to go, let's just do it. And she said, Mary, I felt vulnerable. And what we want you to hear through this whole series is that everybody feels like this. There is something within us that sort of reacts quite badly to talking to people about Jesus. It's like, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to embarrass them. Those 72 would have felt exactly the same as we do, as Fallon did. The only thing, other thing that the 72 had was their offer of peace. I absolutely love the word shalom. Shalom to you. And as you walk in somebody's house, shalom. May peace and prosperity and richness and hope fill your home and your lives. It's such a beautiful word. And the dictionary said it's about prosperity and completeness. So when we go down there, we pray shalom. I think it's just beautiful. So what does that look like when we're in situations that are new or with people who disagree with us. Because there is that, isn't there? Well, I don't believe in Jesus. It's a load of old tosh and go on, go on. How do we do that? Well, we're the ones who understand grace because we believe we've received it. And therefore, we have to offer it. So we go in peace as the peacemaker, as the peace giver, as the peace proclaimer. 
to our workplaces, to wherever we socialise. We are that person of peace in that place. The 72 were told to go and receive hospitality offered to them. And sometimes we can think, because um, for me, offering hospitality is really easy. It naturally is part of who I am. But to receive it, I find it quite difficult, if I'm honest. And so that beautiful party that you did for me, I'm like, <laughs> I've got to walk in and you're all, all going to look at me and I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do. I felt really vulnerable. But I knew that that was a gift to me. And so I wasn't going to run away from it. So if, I haven't, if, you'd not, if you've been here or not been here and I haven't said thank you, thank you. Thank you. It was a great night. They were told not to move around, even if they got a better offer. Stay with these people, however difficult they are. Eat their food, whether it's unclean or not. Eat their food. Then that would have turned their stomachs for some of them. Eating stuff that they thought they weren't supposed to eat. I know what the worst thing in Africa was for me, and it was, it was the innards of a goat. <coughs> oh, even saying it. Yeah, it was horrible. But I had to eat it because they killed the goat for us. So to kill the goat for you, you have to eat all of it. We were dying off. I was like, who's going to get the innards? Ah, oh, pasta. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear me. Um, so they were to eat all stuff they didn't like. Accept their gifts, however much they didn't want them. And why... Do we do this? Well, it's because what Jesus, Jesus did exactly that. It's because that is what God did in Jesus. He came humbly in weakness, receiving from others. Zacchaeus, the women who supported him. Mary, Martha and Lazarus who offered him their place. Do you remember? They offered him their home. For him, he knew what it meant to go empty-handed. And that's what he wanted the other guys to do. Just for a minute while Ian's just preparing to come back, let's just sit and close our eyes just for a moment. Let's find some peace. Spirit of God, we ask you to come and to fill us afresh. Lord Jesus, we come before your throne of mercy where grace abounds. And Lord, we come and we commit ourselves afresh to you again. And for those times, God, when we have found ourselves in a vulnerable place and ran away from a situation or argued a situation or just stayed mute, Father, would you forgive us? Forgive us, God. Strengthen our hearts. Strengthen our minds. Thank you, God, that you also send us. 
Amazing God. Whether children or adults, we are called to go. And today, God, we take up that commission again. I'm just wondering if, um, as Ian plays, maybe you want to take up that commission again to go in boldness. And I'm going to ask you to stand if you are in that place and you're ready to go again into whatever situation you find yourself this week. Knowing that God is with you, that God is for you and not against you. That it's God who comes and brings wisdom and insight to what's going on around us. So if we're ready for that, again, let's stand. Father, would you strengthen all of us, God? Strengthen those who have stood to go again, to fill them with your spirit. Give them opportunity. Give us all opportunity this week, God, to see what's around us. Help us, God, that when we um, get to that stage of feeling vulnerable, that will be reminded that you were, you were made vulnerable. And that it's you, God, that sends us and tells us to go. And as we do that, that you'll be with us. Emmanuel, to fill us with your spirit again, God. Send people on our pathway this week. In all things, God, we ask that we would represent you really well, wherever we are. That your kingdom may come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we would be peace bringers, shalom to the places where we put our feet. <clears throat>